0: To have done this show from syria that that would have it, it would have yeah
1: <laughs> matter of fact uh i think i was telling you so we had the new and imbe- we are our, our villa is in a place called rumalan it's our office and villa and it's 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 right next to where the former um it was built by the russians in the 60s where you know the syrian oil company had their you know over there it's all they Build barracks, it's just like uh, the Soviets. They build barracks for all their people, everyone who works for the National Oil Company. They live in a compound. I mean, it's, sure. it's yeah, you know, it's 1960s, uh, Soviet style with you know, with cancer stuff all over it, you know. And uh, so, our, our villa is right next to there. And the new ambassador uh, came to visit us, and he had a, a PSD team from the unit that's, that's there. He stays with the unit, and uh. <laughs> It was funny. I didn't know anyone. It was from my former squadron, but the guy who he was the, he was the troop sergeant major for the A squadron that had this PSD um, mission, and he the day the month I retired was the day he came in the army. So he goes, <laughs> sir, I don't. He goes, sir, I don't think we've known each other. I said no because when I was trying, you were just going through basic training. <laughs> <You know?
0: laughs> Yeah, doesn't that make you but, feel good when you start thinking about those types of things? It's like, oh, my God, man, you know? Well,
1: yeah, It's I can't believe it's been 13 years. It feels like it was yesterday.
0: It does, and, yeah.
1: You know, and I always used to tell people, I'm never going to be one of those guys. <laughs> what, with the hat and everything? <laughs> Well, either the hat and I'm not going to be, um, you know, tell them war stories. And, when, you know, when it, it was it was harder when I was there. Now I'm one of those guys.
2: We talk about I it will. all the time. Yeah, I don't know if it can be helped. It's yeah. So natural. Yeah. I yeah. think
0: you're right. I think, yeah. you're right. I think you're right. Well, welcome to the Ministry Military
2: podcast, brother. I appreciate Thank you. Thank you
0: very much. Yeah, I appreciate, I
1: appreciate it. I appreciate it. I've 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 watched you guys for for a while now and uh you know, I wasn't really sure you know what um i mean i i get you know mentors from you know military i get all that and it's it's very cool um but I just wasn't really sure what your what your mission statement was yeah. your end state um it's really about and, giving
0: back you know i think at yeah. the end of the day that's that's what it's about it's about you know, when we were in the military, it was all about coaching and mentoring individuals. And it, sometimes it was more about listening than it was talking, you know, especially on the mentoring side. So. When I came up with the name Mentors for Military, it was really that, you know, having individuals share their stories or us share our story or, you know, talk about a specific topic. And what we end up finding in a lot of cases is that people, as they're sharing their story and their journey of their military career, bring out so many great aspects of things that happen, like whether it's leadership or, you know, a a story of something gone wrong, you know, either on a mission or by themselves, or it could just be, you know, things and struggles that an individual goes through that you come out the other end of, or in some cases you're working to improve yourself on. And all of those things tend to mentor individuals who are listening to the show. And we get a lot of feedback from people that says, Oh my God, I'm so glad, you know, Jim came on your show. He helped me in so many ways with X and that's really what it's all about. So where did you, I mean, when did you join the Army? And I know you were 175 and you came in, the Army's enlisted, and then we'll get into later on what ended up happening and, you know, retiring as an officer, as lieutenant colonel. But when was it that you initially came in, Jen?
1: So I first came in, I I joined the simultaneous uh, membership program. I think that's what they call SMP. Uh, I went to college.
0: Oh, ROTC, Uh, SMP, yes.
1: Yes, so you joined the Guard and ROTC at the same time. Right. And I actually, I did that for my father. My father was, uh, my father was in the army, commanded the jungle school in Panama. I was born in Panama in the, in the 60s. So okay. my, my dad was, cool. uh, Paul yeah. loves Panama. I oh yeah. I love Panama, man. Great country. Uh, matter of fact, Paul, you probably, you know, Fort Sherman where the old ranger school was. I, that's where I, that's where I was born, you know? Oh wow. Yeah. My dad was, my dad was the commander of it. He was the commander of it.
2: Holy smoke. Born... That's cool. Yeah. It's a little different now
1: yeah exactly um so i joined the smp program joined RTC. i didn't want anything to do with it um uh, i did it for my dad you know i thought i was going to the nfl yeah. you know yeah which 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 you know changed about day two of summer camp my freshman year in college um you know i realized i wasn't that good yeah <laughs> uh, but I, you know i had delusions of grandeur uh, but my little brother from about the time he was 14, you knew he wanted to be an airborne ranger. I mean, he, I mean, he was just, uh, you know, he enlisted at 17. I remember my parents having a sign for him, the, my mom crying. My brother's like, "I'm out, I'm gone, going to be a ranger," you know. And he is the hardest man I've ever met in my life. Heart bravest guy's incredible. So, um, so I joined, and again, I didn't want to be in it. I mean, I, I was the the long-haired. Uh, chasing girls going to school I'd go to ROTC classes sit in the back you know I I couldn't tell you the difference between a sergeant and a general didn't know that you know
0: did you get pinned on uh, E5 because I believe back in the day the ROTC S&P program allowed for you to basically be a sergeant because you were in the ROTC program
1: no um so I I came in as a PFC okay Uh, you know I I came in as a PFC in the guard yeah but again you, you don't even have to go to the guard your first two years you just you know, you're, you're in the program. I think I went twice in the first year and then got waived for summer camp that year. So, um, make long serve longer. Uh, after my junior year of football, um, my grades didn't do good enough to keep my scholarship, oh. you know, perish the thought, not a <laughs> Ranger who went to college and then left and joined the Rangers. You know? It's like the story of, of the Ranger Regiment. And, uh, you know, I remember I, I remember my coach calling me. I was home over the holidays. He goes, hey, man, uh, you know, you didn't have a 2 You we, we got to rescind your scholarship here until you get your, your grades back up. He says, you can't play spring ball. It's like, okay, no problems, coach. And, you know, my dad said, what coach say? So I told him, I said, hey, no problems. I'll just go back to school, get my grades up. My dad goes, that's fine, but I ain't paying for it. what do you mean you're not paying for it (laughs) says he says look you pissed these last two and a half years away why would i go ahead and piss another bunch of money out the door just so you you know can you know he says hey man it's time to pay the piper pay the consequences yeah you got three choices get a job right join the peace corps join the army if you get a job you're not living at home figure it out You know, my God, <laughs> what do you mean? You know, I was the chosen one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was the chosen one. My brother was the one who knew what he was doing. So I remember calling my little brother, crying, Kevin, what am I going to do? He says, Go to the recruiter, man. let's go down there. So I did. Same recruiter, guys saw me coming. My brother and I were spitting images. It's like, Here come more Reese's. Do what you want.
0: <laughs> and right. he, right. did you end up going option 40 then? Uh, going right in the Ranger Regiment, the Ranger yeah, State? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I had the Ranger option. Sure okay. did. Sure did. So um, hell, two weeks later, I was on a Greyhound bus for Fort Benning, Georgia. Wow. A you 29-hour know, 20, bus ride to Fort Benning from Washington, <laughs> D.C. You know, my parents took me to, to Union Station, jumped on it, boom. So I, I, I did that. Uh, so I did go to 175, did, did rip. Um, you know, now the funny thing is, is interesting enough, at the end of my sophomore year, this is a little twist. I'm home, I had about a month off before we started camp, football. Our PMS called me, who was a major. He says, hey, Jim, he says, um, you know, we had one slot to airborne school, one slot. And the cadet, who was a junior who was going, broke his ankle, broke his ankle. He says, you're probably the only one in shape who could, could go. Yeah. Do, do you want to go, and I'm like, okay okay <laughs> you know i'll go again no clue so literally four days later fly to benning uh, i check in and the funny thing is is you know this this guy screaming at me go find a park in the 43rd herd okay i i just wasn't the screaming and yelling wasn't affecting me yet you know i didn't realize that I means just move your ass dude you know <laughs> and i walk in this i walk in these white barracks, and I air conditioned this is nice walk in bunk all by myself man this is nice get in <laughs> lay down about 20 minutes later the door comes busting open and these big tanned, blonde headed dudes like five of them come crashing in the room hey dude what's up i'm like man is this the army this this is cool <laughs> well they were guys that just finished buds going through the navy seal uh, uh, you know? yeah, so yeah. they leave BUDS and they come to Benning for airborne school, yeah,
0: you know? Yeah.
1: So they were cool. You know, it, it was a weekend. <laughs> they go, come on, man, we're going to Hilton Head Island. So my first weekend, you know, I'm a sophomore in college. I'm with these big buff, you know, about to be Navy SEALs. And so it, it became a rude awakening Sunday night. We got back getting ready to go. Oh, and I'm uh, you know, but uh, yeah, so I went, I went to jump school. As a cadet, so then when I went to basic training and showed up at Fort Benning
0: with jump a, wings, yeah, with jump boy, did I get a lot? Of,
2: <laughs>
1: did I get a lot?
2: Attention? I
1: got a lot of attention.
2: a Lot of attention. <laughs> a lot of attention. Yeah, so, it kind of make you earn those twice when you show up like that.
1: Well, it's funny too. Then I went to Ranger School. I got more attention because you know my brother was an E6 and 175. And several of the RIs now, you know, were all under my brother, you know. And so, you know, I paid the penance of my brother's smoking dudes for, for, so just never quit for me, man. I was always on the, was always on the following edge of smoke. So,
0: how long did you know staying stay with 175?
1: So I, 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 did three years there. So it was an E5. Okay. And, and, um, I actually, so a guy by the name of buck kernan was my battalion commander turned out to be a four-star uh famous the rangers took uh took the regiment jumped the regiment into panama and um he was a great mentor and i remember i went to the e6 board and he says hey man you know you got 132 college credits have you ever thought about becoming an officer i said no sir i hate officers hate them you know don't want to be an officer okay about six months later out in the field and he comes back to me again. He goes, hey, man, I got a deal for you. My best friend is the commanding general of 28th Infantry Division. He's got a LURS unit. Uh, they got a detachment sergeant, E-7, but can downgrade to E-6. How about we send you there? You'll be an AGR guy for a year. And go back to school for a year, get your degree. We'll bring you right back in. So AGR,
0: for those who are listening, Active Guard Reserve Program, which is still Title Ten. And except you're within an MTO of a reserve unit or you're attached to say a reserve command or a guard, yeah. And the guard has Title thirty two as well as Title Ten. Uh both of those, one state operated, the like I said, Title 10 is federal. So anyway, I'm sorry, Jim. Just a No, no,
1: no, yeah. no. So um it was great I did that because my brother, uh several guys from uh, one seven five I was in, it was packed. It was packed with former Rangers who are all going to school now in the GI Bill, mm-hmm. you know they were all doing it so we had a great time uh, did that for a year literally um, did it for a year and the deal was is I was just going to do a year get commissioned and and go well in about three weeks before graduation and so May so I graduated in 89 so it was I got out 88 and the commanding general of cadet command, a guy named Robert Wagner. I'll never forget that name. We get this letter and it says, hey, uh, Cadet Reese uh, cannot get commissioned. He has to go to ROTC Advanced Camp. Hmm. Okay. Let's see. I'm a staff sergeant. I finished as a distinguished honor grad at Ranger School. And now I got to go to ROTC Advanced Camp. And I said, well, the cadets go to camp and it's it's a waiver for for Cape camp, you know, if you go to ranger school, you don't have to go to RTC advanced camp. Yeah. And their response was, is we have no way to assess his leadership ability because he went to ranger school as a PFC.
0: <laughs> oh, get well, out of here. I was like, wow.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It
0: sounds like politics. So,
1: yeah. So it's funny
0: though, is, um, he had no NCOERS or anything that you could have shown. Oh yeah.
1: Them? Oh,
0: I, I, th- everything.
1: A, what? Everything. But because, <laughs> but because I was enlisted. Yeah they didn't, they couldn't assess me as an officer candidate,
0: Oh,
1: which remember this now that drove me through my officer career, you know, that drove me through, I mean, they don't call me Mustang for, for, uh, the you know, for no reason at all. And, um, and so it, so anyway, I, I, they actually, they actually graduated me and commissioned me delayed commission for eight weeks. Um, so I go to camp. You know, I mean, it was a joke. I'm um, sure, you learned a lot. A lot I, I did. I did. I did. I did. But uh, I, I went. You know, I sucked it up. You know, I sucked it up. Did my thing. Smiled. Went down there. Helped the cadets who I could. And funny is, my bunkmate who was a junior at uh, a school in North Carolina, is now Major Gen, might be Lieutenant General Charlie Cleveland. Um, not the SF Intel guy, but big time Ranger Regiment guy, uh, JSOC uh, unit, and so he's a two or three star right now. So he was my bunk mate wow. at ROTC Advanced Camp. Wow, yeah. yeah. So
0: after that, what ended up happening? You got your commission, you finished the Advanced Camp, and you know the the officer who gave you the plan. Did you end up coming back to 175 then as an officer? Or? So well, actually
1: went to 275. 275.
0: Okay. 275.
2: okay.
1: Yeah, went to 275. Yeah, which I really loved. I really loved. Boy, what a, that was an incredible place to be. Um, and I went from second lieutenant to captain there. You know, so it was, uh, I spent a lot. Of, I mean, I watched several battalion commanders come, a shitload of company commanders come through. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, I had, I had a weapons platoon, a rifle platoon. I was an XO. And then I finished as the S3 air uh, for the battalion. And again, it's so funny, the guy who replaced me on my way to advance camp, uh, advanced, advanced course as a captain, was a guy by the name of Paul LaCamera, who's General, General Four Star General LaCamera. I've, General
2: I've La heard of that guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you,
1: know, you have. You yeah, have.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I did that. Um, you know, I tell the story, for me, the greatest two years in my military career uh, was when I commanded in the 1st Cavalry Division. So when I was in as an officer, if you they, they had this thing called the light to heavy imperative. So if you were light as a lieutenant, Ranger 82nd, you know, that, you had to go command heavy. Hmm. And if you Mechanized. were heavy, yeah. yeah, yeah. If you were heavy, you went and commanded light. And everybody bitched, moaned, complained, blah, blah, blah. It shouldn't be, and... You know, again, um, you know, I, I, I always live by the adage, hey, man, bring it on. Next. You know, there's no reason to bitch. But most of my peers said, screw it. We're going SF. And, I, man, I love my SF brethren. They have a great mission. And um, I can come back to that later. But I just, you know, I just I commanded two ranger platoons, you know, 45, 50 dudes, you know, fire and maneuver. And now I'm going to go back and command 12 guys, you know, on an ODA. Now, granted, you know, they're leading a battalion of indigs, you know, or what I I get all that and they do a great job, but it just, just wasn't for me. Just wasn't for me. Wasn't in my, it wasn't in my piece. And so, um, um, I went to the first calf. You know, I went the advanced course, and you know, put the big, big patch on there, and you know, had my master blaster wings and everything. And um, you know, it was funny. I, I got there on a, on a Friday night. I went in division headquarters, and the G one. I didn't know what G one was. Never even heard what a G one was. You know, division. What do you mean division? And uh, this 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 girl, uh, girl, um, uh, female captain said hey the chief of staff wants to see you his name was jackie collie he was famous in the armor world he was an armor officer he brought me down to his office you know in the first cab is i mean it's all about the cavalry. you know the big patches and you know first team and you know but i mean they really are i i man, i had a great two years there and so jackie collie brings me and he he looks at me and he goes boat had his big southern big cigar, had the big tanker boots on, you know, with the straps all wrapped around. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was like, dude, what the is this? You know, <laughs> and he must have weighed 300 pounds. You know, he was big, dude. I mean, big belly, feet kicking up. You know, if, if I didn't know better, he had a whiskey on his, on his, on his desk Friday <laughs> night. And he goes, Hey, Bo, he says, the bus, the Ford Benning is that way. You, you got off the wrong bus, Bo, because you don't belong here. I said, Yes, sir, I do, you know? And so he looked at me, he goes, Hey man, other than you and me and General General Sonseki was the division commander.
0: Oh, at that time frame, wow. Okay. We're the
1: only we're the only three ranger qualified guys in the entire division headquarters, you know? I was like, whoa. <laughs> and uh, and you know, in a, in a in a in the in the cav, the first and second brigade were all armored and then the third brigade was the what they called the infantry brigade. You know, it was heavy mech uh, and not heavy um, and not heavy armor. So I was like, hey, I want to go to the infantry guys. He goes, no, 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 no. You're going down and you're going to go be with General McKiernan, Colonel McKiernan, Dave McKiernan, in 1st Brigade Iron Horse. He says, you're, you're going to go learn what M1s and Bradleys are. He says, you're, d- you're done walking, my brother. You're done walking. So I said, wow, man. So again, in retrospect, best move, the guidance I'd gotten from these guys along the way, because I went and worked for Dave McKiernan. And if you look up that name, retired four-star general, you know, led the coalition into Iraq in 03, you know, as a a lieutenant general. So he was the the coalition commander who he brought me, he pulled me out of CGSC early to come. And then after that, made his four-star, went to Afghanistan, you know, uh, just a rock star. And I learned so much from that man
0: I no no i, I no. I, for some reason i'm getting like a teapot sound paul said something about it earlier that's weird
1: right here. tell you what my bad there um i learned so much in that man about fire and maneuver you yeah. know in the range in, in this light infantry you put your map in your top left breast hand pocket you know because that's about as far yeah. as you can go in 24 hours
0: yeah
2: yeah
1: dude and in, in the yeah. armor world you got maps that are size of a you know of picnic tables, you know, picnic tables, <laughs> That's cool. you know, and talk about navigating at 50, 60 miles an hour, you know, and, oh, yeah. and, and learning how to fire and maneuver. Yeah. Not, th- I mean, I
0: mean, yeah, shoot, move and communicate. And we're talking about move. Yeah. I mean, M1s. you think about the uh, JP four and those things. So yeah.
1: I mean, killing, killing dudes at four, four kilometers away. Yeah. Yeah. You know, And it was funny when I went to, I had a great story. When I went to, when I got to the unit, we were doing mobility training. We had the pens gowers out there with all the 50 cows and Mark Mm Nineteens. You know, the one thing about the unit is, is as an officer, you you never say, Hey, this is the way you do it. You kind (laughs) of, you got to kind of convince them. it was their idea. And if you get that you're in and who cares? If you get the same end state, who cares? And so we're at this mobility training and, uh, the guys got the pens gowers like lined up you know 50 meters apart and just light guys all like being together close you know and so i'm sitting there and i'm kicking around i go to my sergeant major and i said you know i got this idea you know the 50 cal mark 19 what, what, what's the max effective range I'm, i was really playing dumb what's the max effective range that oh sir it's blah 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 you know and i said yeah that's what i thought i said so you know if we're in this wadi but we could be here and bad guys are coming up this avenue approach if we put vehicles here here and here i think we can still cover each other because hey w- where's our combat control guy hey come yeah. here man hey what's what's the max sheath of a 155 round when it when they shoot those things go sir 100 meters i mean these guys knew this stuff right, right i'm like right. like that's right i said so check this out what if we did this you know i got the you know i've got like a troop. I got like 16 sergeant majors in one troop. You know, yeah. the guys looked like I got a dick coming out <laughs> of my forehead. So they all go, night goes, the next morning, the vehicles are all spread out. You know, you know, we've got almost a click between and here and um, um, the guys got it. You know, they got it. They, they understood that they could be spread out. They could have covering fire. And I learned that all from my days in the, with those two years in the armor and mech. That's really the story that, that those guys are smart guys. They know how, they know how to do fire maneuver. They really do.
0: Jim, hold on just a second. Are you getting yeah. the feedback? Are you guys hearing it in your ears? Yeah. How's that any better? Yeah, that's, that's a lot better. I don't hear anything. Maybe what might be cool is that how was it that you transitioned from first cav into the unit? And was it around this time frame that you just got the itch to get back into the soft community?
1: Well, no, I mean, I, I always wanted to, you know, I always wanted to, I knew I always wanted to go back soft. It's just the army said, you will go light to heavy. And then I went back, then I went to one seven five. So I left first cav. Okay. And, uh, you know, I went to one seven five. Yeah. Um, you know, I was lined up to go command and, you know, just like captains do, you know, you got to command first somewhere else, then you lined up. So I went to, um you know went to rasp is that what it's called rasp yeah i think it yeah. was rope rope rope, rope 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 it was rope, rope for officers rope, yeah, yeah. Rope. man i'm yeah. getting old man <laughs> um i mean i i i I look at the regiments stuff now yeah i mean my god
0: very different it's, yeah. i mean
1: i think i look at 275 you know what they've done out there and i mean holy cow
0: yeah anyway huge organization now so yeah
1: yeah they are uh, i mean i went to rope and um and was you know went to 175, which I was fired up, and um,
0: so when you went back, were a lot of the guys that you served with were some of them still there at least you know as NCOs? Yeah, absolutely. What yeah, was that like absolutely. walking in the door? Now yeah. you know captain and
1: you know most of them were platoon sergeants, first sergeants, um, sergeant major. Wow, you know, sergeant major of the battalion, and which was really cool was the battalion XO kevin owens retired 06. um i was his rto when he was a platoon leader okay so now i'm a captain he's the battalion xo you, you know? know the
0: whole gamut there then sergeant yeah. major the commander yeah. yeah yeah
1: yeah it was um um it was a very interesting dynamic to um just again i was blessed you know, and to, to kind of go through those aspects. And then, which was really cool now, was I really had a great understanding of 175 and 275. Yeah. You know, so we'd show up at Fort Benning for the Ranger Rendezvous, and it was, you know, I knew two-thirds of the regiment. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So, always stayed away from those 375 guys. <laughs> bad news, man. Those guys are bad news. But it was funny. Paul, what, what, what company were you in?
2: I was in HHC. Okay. So I was a mortar first, and then a sniper. So I sort of got to dabble in everybody's deployments. I deployed with all four companies. We had four at the time. Wow! And got to know kind of everybody and see how everybody's a little bit different. Um, got to do some deployments with two seven five. You know, nice. got, showed up early. Got to jump on some of their missions. So nice. It was nice. Yeah, you. I didn't get that whole single platoon camaraderie. That you sort of, you get when you grow up in a line platoon, and those Excellent. guys become like your family. Right. I was, you know, you train with your HHC platoon, whether it's mortars or snipers, and then you go and you, you know, you're sort of a strap hanger for whatever yeah. line company you get attached to.
1: What, what year? When were you there? What years were you there?
2: 2006 to 2012.
1: Wow, good for you. Good so, for you.
2: Good talk. So right, right as
1: right as I was getting out, you were you were getting get there. So, yeah, it's it's changed. I so mean, when you say you know, mortars and snipers and HHC, you know, mortars were in the weapons platoon and the line companies. And we were, you know, snipers were like, all right, who's the best shot? You're going to sniper school, (laughs) you know, get over here. It's so, so much change. Good for you guys. That's awesome. It's awesome.
0: It's a good good time. Yeah. So how long did you end up staying with one seven, five then?
1: Let me think. So I got there. I became the dreaded adjutant, the S one, um, Colonel Keane was a battalion commander, Pearl Keane, great guy. Um, and then I got lined up to take B company, which is the company I was enlisted in, which was really, right. Full really cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool, cool. You know? And then we, one day, all the officers from the battalion we have to come to the battalion headquarters and I, it's the old one. I, I guess the new one's beautiful. Uh, because we're going to get a Delta brief the delta brief and i'd never been to one and i mean i i knew guys at the unit trained with them for years but it it just never crossed my mind you know and this recruiter started you know he went through the whole slideshow and then this guy walked in you know he was just just, you know longer hair bold good-looking guy red blonde and his name was tony thomas you know? And a major, Major Thomas at the time. And he started this whole spiel and he says and he was a Ranger. I didn't I didn't know him, you know. I think I think think Tony was a three seven no, two seven five guy. But I I didn't know him, you know, he was two two in front in front of me, so and we never had crossed paths. And um um and so he comes up and he starts this whole thing. He says, Hey look, the unit is really looking at starting to recruit much harder out of the out of the ranger regiment for officers, you know, and he explained why, you know, and um, You know For for in the pros and cons for that um, And he says look I understand you know you guys you guys that are coming here You're gonna go and it was all captains and above, you know, so we know why you're here You're gonna go captains and all you guys will come out below the zone Then you're gonna make yep. major and we get all that. Okay, we're going to, try to, we're going to try to bring you to the dark side here, and I'll tell you why we want to do that, okay? And we think we can start forming, you know, you know officers in a, different, in a different mold in this thing for soft. And, I mean, he really had an interesting idea. And he said, he goes, here's the plan. Um, you go to selection. Um, you make it. You go back and command your company that after command, You come to OTC. I mean, my God, man, you know, it's like having a Jack and a Coke, you know, it's like everything, (laughs) you know, and I'm like, this is awesome. And so we're sitting there and there's probably like 15 or 16 of us. And all the field grades are in the back row, you know, battalion commander, the three, the XO and the LNO, they're all back there. And, and I remember major Thomas goes, so is anyone interested in this? Boom and I shot my hand up in the air. And he looks right at me and he goes, That's great. And I look left and I look right and nobody else in the room <laughs> has their hand up. Oh no. You know? And I could, the field grades are in the back, you know, I can feel the darts coming at yeah. me. Traitor.
0: You know? yeah. Traitor.
1: And it was funny because Kevin Owens, who he's still a great friend of mine today, he's the ex he comes up to me, he goes, You disloyal. <laughs> you know what are you doing i go sir what do you mean i go i could command i could do th- i mean he goes, yeah. I, it's the best of both worlds he goes ah you know your loyalty is to, to tf red okay got it you know and, and you know and that's the power of the regiment you oh, know yeah. yeah that's the power of the regiment yeah. and so we we were getting ready to launch um on a j we called him Jarrett. JRTs then maybe JRXs I you know I think JRXs they became JRT we're out there and um, the units there and B squadron is there and that's where Tony Thomas was and um, one night uh, we're at we're at I think Bliss at Fort Bliss middle of the night and we got done you know I'm the Daco blah blah blah, blah. so anyway I run into Major Thomas and him and I sit. Two o'clock in the morning on the ramp of a Talon, and we just—he starts talking to me all about the unit, you know, blah blah blah. And I remember the stores my brother had seen. I'd see some of the guys, you know, and I'd seen guys that I knew from my old days. But in those days, you just—you just never went over there, you know. Yeah. You just never crossed over there because you didn't want people thinking you were being disloyal. Or perish the thought, you know. Hey. Don't put Oakley's on or, you know, don't wear, don't roll your sleeves, you know. Uh, oh, you can't do that, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and so he talked to me about it. And I said, I said, man, I, I, I really want to do this. So I filled out my packet and I got everything and boom, off I went. And, uh, you, you know, I, I tell people, you know, I get a lot of guys ask me, hey, sir, you know, I'm going to go to selection. What do I need to know? I said, nothing. nothing don't ask anybody don't take advice especially from dudes that have never made it you know um and i said you're going to get a packet from them and it's going to tell you it's going to say to be successful you must be able to do this follow that to a t you know and what i've learned through the years is they, they tell you what to do. Our problem with the military is we, we want to spin more crap into it, you know? Yep. So, um, you know, I really went without knowing much at all. I didn't know anything about selection. Yeah. You know, there were guys there talking, oh, I know this, and day three, we're doing this. And I just went, blah, 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 blah. Mm. And, you know, I kept going. I kept going. Um, man, I learned so much about myself during that time um you know years later because i know about the chicken bones and i know how it's run now um i i was blade running when i towards the end of the course i was blade running and uh i had two bad days of land two bad days where you know i you know i i, I came in right just minutes before the end time you know so i lost time which is all about it's all about time and movement you know and being efficient with your with your piece and i, I think where i i learned my was on the was on the long walk the 40 miler and i knew i i waited all night and these dudes were starting you know all during the night guys were, and i was like man it got to be like two thirty in the morning there was two guys left and they called my name, you know, you know, Blood blood 42. And I got up and, you know, show me where you are, show me where you're going, you know, here's your first RV. And I took off and, you know, I learned a lot about land navigation up there that I thought I knew. And it was a beautiful night. And one of the things I decided was is, you know, there's one time you're allowed to use the roads. And because it was a beautiful night, I was able to use the stars to navigate and not have to be stopping all the time and man, I ran forty miles because wow. I just knew that i was i was blade running you know, yeah. so I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and I remember the next day um and you know and and you talk about and I've seen things you guys should do there's guys that you know man, the n c o s in my life, especially when I became an officer, even though I was a mustang and I was an man, those guys man. And they, 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 they they groomed me to what I became, you know, and I hit Otter Creek and I was going up the mountain and I was, I was bonking, I was bonking. And there was an NCO from 275 who actually got bounced out of 275. He got RFS and went over to first group. And let me tell you what, if it wasn't for that guy, I would have never made it. And he became a superstar in the unit. I mean, he was unbelievable operator and, you know, did his thing and went out. But as we, as, you know, I was passing guys all during the night and then I was boinking and I was losing it. And I didn't, you know, I was trying to eat and do my things. And he passed me because and he, and, and, he was in my platoon at 275. He's in my platoon. And he goes, come on, boss, just get on my ass and don't stop. And he kept he kept feeding me them little tiny Snickers, you know the little ones you get in Halloween to give the kids little yeah, squares. Yeah, yeah. And he just he kept feeding them to me. Boom. And he goes, just keep eating, keep eating, man. And he literally pulled me up that mountain, you know. And what probably seemed like a week, you know, it was probably thirty minutes, you know, <laughs> an hour. Um, I got to the top, and I got renewed, and took off you know took off, and uh, th- the reason I think I knew that I was blade running because as I was coming down the end, you know and i'm 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 looking there's a split in the road, and thank God I chose the right split because there were dudes who took the left split and they never they never showed up again, and you were only a mile from the end, and I remember oh, as I'm coming across all of a sudden all these people start coming out of the woods, you know, and I see I see the T, you know, the sergeant major and the commander. Uh, and they come out, they just come out of the woods like, whoa, you know, like ghosts. Like, whoa. And all of a sudden, the sergeant major, he just reaches out to me and says, Great job, sir. We weren't expecting you. You know, we weren't expecting you. And he he reached, he goes, Give me your ruck. And I go, No, no, sergeant major. He goes, No, no, give me your ruck. And then all these other operators came out, you know, and they grab my ruck, they grab my weapon, they're like, patting you I'm like whoa I mean you know it was really weird patting yeah. me on the back and great job man come on over here and um, and then you know then the officer came over to me had a stern face and he goes he goes congratulations the officer le- so the officer selection starts now I'm like what <laughs> are you talking about what do you mean the officer starts now you know they take you to the spire and they give you food and everything and it was just it was it was a great deal but Um, at the end of that, you know, you go through what they call the commander's board, you know, and the the commanders are in, and they ask all these questions, and officers go through this whole different thing, and um, some guy by the name of uh, Colonel Bargewell, who, man, rest in peace, man, what a great guy, I knew him for years before, and uh, he, I was in there for about an hour, and then he, he stood up, and he goes, Jim, um, I'm, I'm going to throw a curveball at you here. He says, uh, you know, it's kind of funny too. A lot of Rangers, they go and they, they get into it and they grow their hair. And, you know, before I went to the board, you know, I'd shine my boots. I brought a pair of starches and spits with me, you know, cut my hair. Cause Hey man, it's, I'm going to a board now and I'm a Ranger, you know, is it, how it is. It's how we are. We represent the regiment, you know? So I walk in there, bush, boom, you know, yes, sir. He goes, hey, we're going to change the rules on you. He says, we know when you came here, we said that if you came and you did well, that you'd go back, command your company, and then you come back up in two years. He says, we want you to come now. Like, ugh. And he said to me, he goes, hey, says it's okay. He says, you don't have to say anything. This will be between me and the RCO. It was a guy by the name of Stan McChrystal, the Pope. Um, Pope. So anyway, uh, you know, so I'm like, wow. And I'm sitting there contemplating it and, and thinking through everything I just went through. And I remember being in the Pittsburgh airport and a guy that I went through, he went through selection with OTC with a squadron with works for me today at times. Uh, in at the, at the, at the range complex, it's a guy named Sergeant Major Jimmy Hall. And we were, you know, he was an SF guy, but we met there. We both looked at each other and said, beer, beer. And we drink at a beer and, you know, we're staring out at the planes. And, and right there, I said, dude, I'm going, I'm going. It's like, and people ask me, I said, you know, it's like, you know, it's like you've been playing, you know, you're, you're the greatest ball player in the AAA, you know, AAA team. And you're waiting to get called up by the Yankees. You know? And that's how I kind of described it. It's like I just got called up by the Yankees. Yeah. And is it do you go or do you go, well, you know, I'm get the chance now to be the captain and pitch for two years in AAA. And I said, Nope, I'm gonna go, you know? And it pissed off, it pissed off a lot of people. It pissed off Colonel McChrystal. Big time.
2: Yeah. Um, I was gonna say you had to have some negative feedback ooh, after that decision. Yeah,
1: because I was the first I was the first one.
2: Oh I was, yeah, I was the you don't first the one. First guy.
1: I was the first guy. This is the new – and, again, you know, it wasn't even – I wasn't the first one who went back and then went back up. I right. went, you know, and then I kind of – I broke the contract. You know, we yeah. broke the contract we were doing.
2: Well, it so has got to be an uneasy precedent to set as well for that chain of command. You know,
1: It was. Well, let me tell you who the number two guy who came was. guy by the name of Tom Greer. Tom Greer. Yep. And, and he did the same thing I did, you know, which really – Pissed off, General McChrystal. I you know, and in retrospect, and as you get older, I, I know why. Because you know, McChrystal was like, "Hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm mentoring and preparing these guys to be the next leadership in the regiment." And boom, you know, now you know, now, yeah. now, 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 I got to go do other draft choices. I got to go find other guys now, you know. And so I get, I get that, I, I, I get that, but I didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Uh, a couple of the guys later on they commanded then came up and but it it got to be a got to be a pretty good little pipeline you know which was neat
0: you ended up spending a considerable amount of time involved years yeah within the unit in various different positions so you were exposed to so many different levels uh had to be a a really awesome experience to be able to command at different you know and lead different roles in that environment
1: the most humble, I, I mean, it's the most humbling aspects it really could be. I mean, command, whether it's in the first cav, the regiment, uh, the unit, uh, just, you know, kind of being a servant leader is, it's humbling. It is humbling. And uh, it's how I do today, even with my companies. You know, it's, um, I think we, I think when I sold the, when I sold Tiger Swan last year, I think we'd gone back through what twelve, almost thirteen years of owning the company. I think we had hired f- close to fifty veterans, you know, wow. and uh, fifty veterans at least through the through the years. Maybe probably more. And then large number from the regiment and lots of former Rangers. You know, did a lot of work, great workforce through the years. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's humbling and, uh, it's always good to, to watch people who can break out and do well and, 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 and do those things. And, you know, I, I again, the guys, my wingmen, the Mark Youngs, the Pat Savages, the Jesse Lay's, um, I mean, the guys, you know, Donnie Harris, uh, you know brian searcy guys that were my wingmen through my years in the regiment and the i mean man they they prepared me they prepared me they were the they were the best mentors they were really the best mentors that were out there those guys they could have been officers they could have been officers really they, they they were better than most of my peers you know
2: so yeah i, I i've always felt like that about NCOs and senior NCOs in the regiment. I'm like, these guys, you, you look at officers, and you're like, well, what do we really need you for in the regiment sometimes? I mean, that's from a junior enlisted perspective. Obviously, everybody plays their role, but I've always kind of felt the same same way about those guys and the mentorship I received. I think it's interesting. You've been to two very elite premier units, and you still like that. The time you spent commanding in first cav, that seems like just as invaluable to all the things you did after that as well. I
1: it's, I, it's the real army. You know, it's, it's, let me tell you what, the guy, the, the young men there wanted to be you. They wanted to be you certain circumstances, environment, something happened that, you know, they went to the recruiter and the recruiter said, Yeah, you can go, you know, you go to Fort Benning, you'll go to the regiment. <laughs> yep. You know, next thing you're on a slow boat to China, you know, to, to, to Fort Hood, Texas. Um, so, but, you know, th- and then there were, there were guys that didn't want to be there. There were guys that had to be there because if not, they were going to jail, you know, and they didn't have a choice. So you had this plethora of guys want to be like you, you know, mm-hmm. guys that were eh, guys that no, nah. and so now, and, 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 and again, to, to, to put those aspects together and then to work with other people that had different visions and. Looking at, you know, different types of mobility and plans and, uh, I mean, to, to you know, we, we, we see JRTC. Let me yeah. tell you, if you've never been, if you're out there and you're, you're listening, you've been to JRTC, that's a, that's one of the, that is the premier training for a light infantryman. But let me tell you what, go to the National Training Center at Fort Irwin. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I mean, again, the speed of movement, the decision-making, the risks, um, you know, being out there, you know, hundreds and hundreds of miles you're moving, uh, trying to figure out the logistics and food and air and how do you talk? Read a map. Read a map. And, you know, <laughs> you know and, and, and I remember my, my master gunner, I've never, you know, here I come, you know, I come into my you know i'm banshee six i'm a former ranger my yeah. master gunner for my for my m1 it was really cool i had both m1s and bradley's because my brigade commander said hey we're gonna make you the counter advance guard counter recon yeah, guy." you were
0: a cab so I, you split I, yeah.
1: I, yeah i'm a cab yeah. i'm a cab guy i'm not yeah, a that's me i'm, not an armed, I'm a cab which was cool but my master gunner on the tank dude he was a roly-poly guy
0: yeah you
1: know mm-hmm. and i get in my tank with my jungle boots on and he goes sir do that again i will cut your feet off <laughs> He says we have rubber boots you put these tennis shoes on because that, that that was their home these guys lived in their i mean you didn't bring mud in you didn't oh, bring no. mud you know the infantry guys in the back of the bradley dude yeah. just you know trash m one man we had rubber
0: sh- mats in the bottom it was exactly. clean yeah we had a bucket yeah. that we used to clean that thing all the time they, yep. it was white in the inside of the hole and that's the way it was designed to be yeah Absolutely. you don't know what i'm talking about but i hated tanker boots I, I actually like jungle boots myself, yeah
1: but, you know, and then he and he said to my member first time we're out in the out in the range and he goes, Sir, if you ever touch you know the joystick, the commander has the yeah. override. He goes, If you ever touch that joystick, I will cut your hands off. <laughs> you <know? laughs>
0: I love and, it because you actually got an opportunity, like you're talking about, though, to command individuals. Like typically, you know, you go to SOF, You got individuals who, one, volunteered to go into the military. Then they Three volu- times. Right. They volunteer Right. And so you think about all those volunteer stages. These are people who really want to be there, hungry, want to, you know, live on every word. You've got a different type of individual you're trying to lead when you go to a conventional force, you know, and it's not a bad thing. I'm saying I'm saying Mm -hmm. it's it's individuals that you've got to create true teamwork, camaraderie, trust, all those types of things that tend to be a lot more easier in in a soft type of environment.
1: Well, and, you know, if there's any Rangers out there, it might be a little bit. I don't know if they teach us anymore, but there was a thing called the Abrams Charter. Abrams Charlie yep. it's what the regiment was the battalions were set up back again you know in the 70s and General Abrams said you come in you become the best soldiers Then I want you to go back out to the rest of the army and you know it's, 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 the, it's the ink spot you know Put yep. ink bush and so I don't think that it, I mean it, a little did in the NCO corps the NCOs just stayed but it was really what the officers were supposed to do you know is go back out there but let me tell you Come nine eleven, Afghan. You know, Afghanistan not as much because you know Operation Anaconda did. But in Iraq, I mean, I knew, I knew the senior army leadership. You know, General Shinseki was my division commander. The corps commander was my brigade commander. You know, the guy who commanded the lead brigade in the Third ID during the during the Blitzkrieg. Was Will Grimsley? I mean, he was our three. He was my battalion three. You know, all these guys now from the First Cav were all leading the army, and they're like, "Hey, it's our ranger." You know, I was the token. I was their token (laughs) soft guy. You know, (laughs) I was their token soft. But, but, you know, it's unfortunately sometimes it's all about just personalities bridging the gap. Yeah. You know, and what made me proud, and I still see it today, is. You know, before this all happened, I mean, soft and conventional, you know, uh, GF, you know, conventional forces getting together and talking and working together, non-existent, non-existent, you know, and to watch today, you know, I, even over in Syria, you know, I was, I'm taking pictures of, we pull it behind a Bradley with the American flag f- flying, you know, and then I see the, you know, I, I see the, you know, the soft vehicles over there, you know, the Land Rovers <laughs> okay. with the big with the big antennas on them, you know, trying to fool people. Right. Um, yeah, it's really, it's really, it's really cool. It's a really cool, cool thing to watch.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, that instilled a certain, like you said, a servant leadership, but that it instilled a certain type of leadership of the people, obviously, who mentored you along the way that gave you those opportunities. But, you know, I say there's a lot that goes into right place, right time, but we have to play a role in that. You know, we have to be you know, humble, we have to be willing to learn, be a sponge, willing to, um, you know, expose ourselves to new environments and changing things, you know, that allows us to create those tools in the toolbox that hopefully later on we can go and then mentor under vi- uh, other individuals. And I think that's some of the things that they picked up very early in your career about how you are as an individual, obviously, yeah, you know, to get where yeah. you are. So how was the transition for you? You know, I do ask sometimes, you know, when, when guys make the transition, obviously you became an entrepreneur at some point, but how was it making that transition to the private sector?
1: You know, for me, it was, I just never wanted to work for anybody again. I was I just, I was done with that. Yeah. And I was done. Um, and I'm not going to fool anybody. You know, I, I, I didn't have a, I didn't have an MBA, you know, I, I, I didn't know. I just knew that I knew how to lead. I knew how to plan. And I knew if someone had a problem, I could probably fix it. I could probably find an outcome to help them get to a better state. And I'm a big risk taker. I'm just, a, I'm a risk taker, you know, and uh, my wife hates it. She literally hates it. Can't stand it. <laughs> And, uh, you know, I try to explain to people, you know, you know, what is risk, you know, and there's textbook answers for it. But really, you know, at the end of the day, I think the people that are the best risk takers are ones that they're masters of managing stress
0: and fear. Mm. And you know, today that's so important.
1: And you've got to be able to manage your stress and fear. I, I have been scared to death my entire life. I really have. You know I've had generals say, "Man, Jim, how was it owning your own company?" Ah, sir, it's great." You know, it's great." And they go, "I sleep like a baby," and they really oh yeah, I wake up every two hours crying. you know? <laughs> wake up every two hours crying. You know, you're worrying about payroll. I mean, the problem with the problem for us in the military is, is we've been sucking off Uncle Sugar our whole lives,,
0: yep, yep. you know Yeah, yep. You know
1: especially soft guys, you know. Oh, I broke my weapon. Oh, here's a new one. You know, yep. not 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 like that in the first cab and third. You know, but the soft guys. I mean, we're spoiled. You know, we're entitled. You know, we really are. I mean, now don't get me wrong. We work our butts off for it. You know, and you train, but we we get a little bit of entitlement sometimes. I think.
2: Well, like there's an that, element of reality that's sort of missing when you're in special operations because you get to focus just on your job and you get to stay on, in just your lane and the support you get. Is tremendous I mean yes, so many personnel just to support one soft service member and yeah. then you get out and you kind of have this uh, false idea about what you're really capable of and I think guys get tested when they transition it's yeah. like oh I'm awesome but I also had the best mentorship and the best support that money could buy
1: right yeah no you're right you're right and and, and it is key that to, to, to try to find a mentor in a business world it's tough sometimes but, um, you know, it's, um, it, it I, I loved it. You know, it was just, it was, you know, it was like, it was scary as hell. You know, uh, there was so much stress, you know, um, you know, I, I didn't tell my wife that, you know, I, Hey, I put our house on a second mortgage, you know, <laughs> um, to get, so I could get a, a credit card, a business credit card, you know? Yeah. Um, but you learned things so fast, you know, I remember, and there's luck. Man, there is luck involved in this stuff, too. You yeah. got to be, like you said, right place at right time. Yep, strong um, network. Strong network, and, and that's how we got our network. And, you know, we, and again, uh, you know, start with what you know. So we started doing some little dabbling and training. And so I'd be out there helping, you know, my partner was a former sergeant major, you know, training guys. But I'm like, that's not, that's not what I want to do. You know, I want to, I want to build, I want to build, you know, build something here. And uh, we got our first opportunity. And um, again, being a veteran and being a disabled veteran, we got to do, you know, the big companies needed a service-disabled veteran, small business to be part of that contract. Boom. Yeah. And, and we fit in. And, and, you know, the one thing I try to tell people is, you know, when you, when, you, when you get that first home run and you see your first profit margin, don't go, don't, you know, Bring it back. You know, if you really want to be a businessman, bring it back into the company. You know, take a little bit out, take care of your family, but bring it back into the company. And that's what we did. We bought all of our systems, you know, our accounting system, finance system, all those things. So then when the big boys started calling again, they go, hey, we need this. They go, yes, we can do that. And then usually the big guys say, okay, what are you going to need from us? Because you know, they end up doing it all. And we just say, nothing. Give us our task and get out of the way. They love, they love that. Yeah. You know, I don't need your finance. I don't need your, I don't need your lawyers. I don't need, we got it. Just give us our task. Give us our task order. Boom. Yeah. Let us, let us run.
0: You know, no, that I, I agree that is so important. That is what a lot of people um, lose sight of is they end up starting off with a small organization, they come into a great contract or something like that as an entrepreneur. And you're so right, in a lot of cases, what they end up doing is you know paying themselves before they do anything else and not really reinvesting back within the country a company to be able to move it forward. But I think what you also did, too, is by creating these systems, although they seem like something that you may not necessarily need, it provided you opportunities by which if an organization wanted to do business with you, you had data available. You had information that you could readily provide them to show through metrics, what you guys are doing from a financial basis, uh, customer satisfaction, you know, whatever the case may be. Hey, you want to know? We've got it right here. You know, we'll be an open book for you, as opposed to doing a little bit of uh, soft shoe or tap dancing and trying to get their their questions answered. And and that was a probably a big step for you guys as well.
1: Now, you know, that's that's a great point. You know, I I I don't think young entrepreneurs also realize, um, you know, the, the the dynamics. I mean, doing the operation. That's the easy Easy part. part, Yeah, that's the easy part. It's the compliance. It's the legal aspects. It's, oh, by the way, when, you know, you come on with a big contractor and they go, hey, let us see your $3 million in general liability and, you know, you know, uh, GOPL, you know, uh, personal liability insurance. Uh, What do you mean? Mm -hmm. Well, we need to see your certificate of insurance. And then you call called insurance company and they go, Oh yeah, you know, you need $3 million. It's this. And Oh, by the way, that's a one-time payment by January 20th of every year. And for $1 million, that's about $80,000. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. You know, don't collect, you know, don't cross go, don't collect $200. You want a million dollars of GLPL? Give us $80,000. Here it is. Yeah. I mean, hello, welcome to the reality of running a
0: business. Yep. Yep. And, so. and, and they're going to use your, the, the reason why they ask you to do that is because the company and client that you're working with want to use your insurance before they tap their own, especially if you were engaged in it for some reason, something happened. Yeah, absolutely. So that's why you have it. It's not just so that you can carry your certificate, but they're going to make sure they use yours first.
1: Especially if you're doing, you know, security, consulting, you know, or, you know, if you're going to go into, Um, you know, work overseas, you know, uh, and you know, the other thing is, is, and if you bring people on, well, you better have insurance in case something happens to them, you know, or they're going to come take your house.
0: Yep. You know? So. But you have, you've you've obviously been very successful in everything that you've done. Um, I really appreciate you coming on the show and of course sharing your experiences and giving some great nuggets here. I think that people should be able to take away and learn from. Uh, there's so many lessons that we learn within life. Some we don't always remember, but you know, you've shared some amazing stories and some um, some items here that I think are real and and things that people are facing today with fear with depression with the the virus being around and us being kind of cooped up we're learning to manage individuals remotely that we perhaps didn't have to do that before all kinds of new things that are happening with not just trying to meet the bottom line and and to help our constituents you know as far as our business and maintaining it so i think you you know you really touched on all those aspects and I, i can't thank you enough
1: yeah, no, thanks, Paul. I appreciate it and thanks for what you guys are doing. I, I, you know, please keep up the great work what you're doing. It's needed out there and if I can ever do anything for you, let me know.